Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Here's Nurse, left side, McDavid, left corner, can't get it in front of the net. Now he will, scores, scores! Oh my goodness, the buzzer beater from Leon Dreisaitl. And the Oilers pull it out 4-3 over the Winnipeg Jets. The Oilers had a power play late in the third. It had just expired. McDavid with the puck, swoops behind the net, gets it out front to Dreisaitl, who fires it past Laurent Brassois, and the Oilers improve to 3-4 and four on the season. The Jets are now 4-2. and two. A very eventful final six and a half minutes. The Oilers let a one-goal lead slip away, and then the Jets let a one-goal lead slip away. It's 9.58 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Heartland Ford overtime open line. Well, Rob, we'll start at the end, obviously, because that's going to be the one that sticks with people probably for a long time. I'm trying to remember or see if I can find the last time the Oilers won a game with a goal that late or close to that late in the third period. I can't remember one off the top of my head. I can think of a few tying goals. But tell me how that play broke down, how the Oilers were able to keep the puck alive and Dreisaitl was able to fire at home. Well, it was a nice place play by Nurse. Uh, good players have a an internal clock, so they know exactly how much time is left in a period in a game, so they don't panic. And, and on that one, Nurse, instead of getting the puck at the point with about four or five seconds, he didn't fire it on net. He knew there's enough time to get it into McDavid's hands to make a play. And McDavid fumbled it a little bit, but never uh, seemed too worried because he knew he still had time. He got around the stick. And this is where Winnipeg messed up, and I talked to Bob about this. The Jets, once you get down to under four seconds, you start grabbing guys' sticks and putting guys in bear hugs in front of the net. Just If you take a penalty, who cares? The game is over. You just can't follow the puck with your eyes, which they did. McDavid just put himself in a position to pull all the eyes towards him. He got down below the goal line. Now he's got all four Jets facing him. And then he finds his buddy, Leon Drysettle. Drysettle was in the same spot the whole time. So Connor, as he's going around the defenseman and trying to find a passing lane, he knows exactly where Leon Drysettle's stick was. So uh, he had just the right amount of time left. He knew it in his head as he's counting it down. And uh, Leon, at that point, you're just putting a puck on net and hoping for the best. And uh, the Winnipeg Jets let a at least one point get away, possibly two by not taking care of business in the last five seconds of a hockey game. Well, and Yamamoto had tied it. He gets his third of the season. That came with 3.05 left, and just a minute 48 after the Leafs, or the, sorry, the Leafs, the Jets had taken the lead. Yamamoto right in front of the net, able to knife in a pass for McDavid. And, and you, I know you've talked about it a lot with Alex Chase on how he gets his hand down on his stick, and sometimes he puts his foot behind the stick to give him even more leverage. And you saw Yamamoto do that as well. You know a puck is coming across, and you know it's going to be hard. 
So you're making as big a target as you possibly can make. And on that one, Shifley, who is an all-star hockey player, tries playing the pass instead of taking Yamamoto away. If he turns around and puts his body on Yamamoto's or puts his stick over Yamamoto's, there's no chance for Yamamoto to score the goal. But he tries to make take away the passing lane. But great players, if they have time and space, they can get a puck through someone. And and McDavid did, and he found backdoor. And you, as a, a player in front of the net, you know there's a certain height you've got to get the puck. Because you, if a goaltender's going down in the splits or if he's trying to stack his one pad on the ice, you know you've got to get it over top of that pad. And that's all Yamamoto did. He just had to get it about seven inches in the air, and it just went up and over the pad and in the net. So a great play by Yamamoto, who deserved a goal. He has been all over the blue paint for the last number of games. He hasn't gotten any puck luck. Tonight he scored a huge goal for the Oilers, what allowed them to get the two points. Yes, he Puliyarvi. He goes up to play with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. He plays 17 and a half minutes. He gets an assist. He's plus one. He had six shots on goal. He's credited with a couple of hits. I, I thought he might have been tripped on his net drive with 34 seconds left. That actually would have given the Oilers a, a two-man advantage. But he's taken the the puck to the net on that play. He he stays on the ice as the Oilers are looking to win it at the end of the game. He drew the penalty, uh, got the high stick for, into the face from Demello that put the Oilers on that late power play. Uh, uh, several good drives to the net. I, I thought that was well. I mean, it was clearly his best game of the year. Maybe one of his best games as an Oiler in terms of his all-around performance. I agree. I uh, totally agree. That was his best game as an Oiler. And Yessi Puliyarvi played like somebody should play when given an opportunity to play with Connor McDavid. Uh, you get a chance to play with the best player in the league. You, I mean, it can define your career. It, it can, I mean, think about the, if you all of a sudden get, you stay there for, well, Cassian got to play there for a little while, got a new contract. So when you get an opportunity, You've got to t- make the most of it. And, and Pugliarvi did right from the first shift of this hockey game. He was jumping, he was skating, he was physical, he was doing all the little things. You do everything possible to make sure that the next game, or watching for when you're a young player, the next shift you get to play on that line again, then the next period, then eventually the next game. He did all the things that Cassian hadn't been doing in the first six games. And he kept plays alive, he, he used his feet, he was skating little give and goes. So it, this was by far the best game he's played. It was a breakout game for Pugliarvi playing with Connor McDavid. Uh, he looked like he was having fun. The body language was good. If you if you were given that opportunity, you've got to grasp it. And, and yes, he did tonight, so good on him. I, I know that most people, when they look at the game, say, you know, Connor was the best player or Leon was the best player. The most noticeable player for me was Yessi Pugliarvi tonight. A dramatic win for the Oilers. At the buzzer, Dreisaitl scores. Edmonton takes it 4-3 in Winnipeg. Courtesy of Mattress Superstore, give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Just like you had it planned, but uh, you found a way to get it done. Uh, a thought on some of the adjustments you made. Pull the RV up. Uh, how did you think he looked and nursed to the power play as well? Uh, Pooley Harvey was very good in the game, created a lot, uh, his work ethic and uh, just hounding pucks was uh, what we were hoping to see. And it's, uh, it's a real good start for him on that line. Uh, power play, you know, we've just been talking about different things and 
flipped, uh, put the left-hander instead of the right-hander just to see what we see if we could come up with some stuff, and it ended up getting us a big goal. You know, our, our special teams are, you know, they're not what they need to be right now, but we're getting some bad bounces on them too between power play not capitalizing on some good chances and penalty kill. We've had a couple go off, people skating in the net now that frustrating but we got to keep pounding away at it so uh, uh it was good it was good to see maybe the luck's turning on it the way it ended quinn phillips hi dave just wondering if you saw yesi's confidence grow just even within the game alone well yeah he, he played he played uh you know just the same way as he's been playing and i mentioned that this morning when somebody asked, you know, how is he, how is he going to play with Connor and Nuge? I, he just has to keep playing the same way, and that's the way, uh, that's the way he played again tonight. He's, uh, he's a big, strong guy. He wants the puck, and he, he battles the front of the net. He's, uh, you know, I've been, I've been really, really pleased with him since the first day of camp. He's come in and had a great attitude, enjoys the game. He wants to be a really good player, and uh, and he's moving that direction in a hurry. And just thoughts on what a win like this does for the group? Well, hopefully it reinforces some of the things we did well and then reinforces the, uh, some of the, the areas that we got to clean up in our game. We didn't start very well the whole first period. I was disappointed in how we played and how we executed. So second period was uh, a lot better, and third period we found a way to win. So there's, uh, there's some things to like, and there's lots to improve on. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Well, you can tell we're fixated on Pugliarvi a bit because in this city, they've been waiting for him, Dave, right, yeah. for a long time to get an opportunity like this. So, yeah. you know, when we saw him before, he wasn't in the right place to play with McDavid. He wasn't in the crease when the puck was there, and when the puck was gone, he was in the crease. Tonight, he was where the, you know, when the puck was going in, he was standing right there. There's a sense of timing. There's a sense of where to be that this player, is this just about maturity? Well, yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it. But the thing about him being in the crease, the, I mean, there's as many times that he took the puck to the crease with him. So he was there already. But uh, he's, uh, you know, he's a more mature player. You can see he's, he's fitting in the room very well. He's at ease with that. He's at ease with the language. Um, he knows he's, he's a good enough player to play in this league. Now he's just, he's going about, you know, his business of proving it. And that's, uh, that's a good thing to see. Is this more ice time, more opportunity, maybe earlier in the season than you, you sort of forecast that you'd be giving him? Do you think that this many games in, you'd be starting to measure first line right wing and happy with it? I, I had no timeline on it. I just wanted to make sure he understood how we want to play, the structure how we want to play, and uh, wanted to get his feet under him. He hasn't played you know, in North America in a couple of years, so I wanted to, him to get his feet under him. So he's just played well enough where where uh, it was time for him to get a shot there and it's great to see him jump in and play well but it's uh i think he's coming i think he's coming there's lots of upside there and he's uh, uh he's a big strong player that i think he'll, he'll be a great asset for us jim matheson post media i'll get off the pulley rv train here um you loaded up a line with Connor and Leon and Yamamoto to get the tying goal. What was your reasoning there? And the other one, the coach's challenge, was it clearly obvious when Jeremy sent the thing to Glenn Gullison that that's, that's no goal? 
Well, the first one I put McDavid with Leon and Yamamoto in the hope that they would score a goal, and they did. So <laughs> that's you're just you're just trying to find something. You're down a goal. You're trying to find something. So uh, you know, an offensive zone faceoff, and and McDavid was was fresh, and uh, so we did that. The the uh, challenge goal was I give. Uh, Jeremy credit. He right away he uh, radioed the bench. Said, "Let's make sure we have a look at that." That and the fact that uh, um, Miko was adamant that he uh, he would have caught that puck. So Jeremy was saying, "Look at it." Miko was saying, "Look at it." And I was so frustrated the way we were playing. I was going to call it anyway. So we managed we managed to get it right. Jason Greger, TSN twelve sixty. Dave, as much as you know, you like pull Yarby on the top line. Uh, you, you got more from your bottom six, specifically Turris. Obviously, he scores a really nice goal, but and then you put Neil up there. Uh, did you like that trio when you put them together? Is that something you want to see more of? We'll see. There are three veteran guys. You know, we're kind of looking for, we're looking to mesh that group down there, and, and it's it's kind of been a. You know, some good, some bad. You're looking for role players. You're looking for penalty killers, secondary power play guys. So we'll we'll see. They scored a nice goal tonight. Turris is a real nice goal. Great, great play by uh, Neil and Cass on it. So we'll see where it goes. I'll watch the tape tonight and see uh, see where that goes. Do you have a timeline update on Gaetan Haas as well as uh, anything on Mike Smith? Uh, Schmidt's actually been on the ice a little bit at at home. Just. Uh, uh, getting the feel back a little bit, so he's uh, he's a ways away still. Haas is skating hard every day, but he's still. Uh, I don't I don't anticipate him playing this week anytime. Last question, Ryan Rashog. Dave, I know you didn't like to start, um, but I mean clearly they they turned that around in the second. You know, how do you think the the group did that? Was it was it you? You know, being vocal between periods, did they do it on their own? Like, where did that fix come, and is there is it encouraging that it did? It was a group recognizing that they had to be better. So within that group, they figured some things out between the period and uh, came out a lot better. Thanks. Thank you. This concludes Dave Tippett's meeting. Okay, that is Dave Tippett as the Oilers get a buzzer-beating 4-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets. Leon Dreisaitl scoring what Hockey Night in Canada's Twitter account has confirmed is the latest go-ahead goal in the history of the Oilers franchise. Looked like on the replay there was uh, 0.7, maybe 0.6 on the clock when it crossed the line. So that gives the Oilers the 4-3 win. Our adjustment of the game brought to you by Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Definitely Jesse Pugliarvi moving up in the lineup and his contribution. Another adjustment I think we should talk about, Rob, is that Tyson Berry was pulled off the power play. Darnell Nurse was manning the point. I, I want to get your perspective, not just only on that move, but you as as a player would have been in a locker room or maybe had your usage of affected yourself. Everybody knows, fans, media, and the players in that room, why Tyson Berry was brought here. I know maybe this is just for one game, but what does that do to a player when you know he knows that was one of the things he was specifically signed for and relatively early in the season, he gets that job taken away from him? 
Well, it happens all the time. Players, uh, <laughs> the expectations aren't met and changes are made. And whenever it happens, a player thinks this is the end of the world. Yet in the big picture, it might be one period, one game, one week, uh, whatever. But I know that at times in my career, I was a power play specialist. And if there was a game and all of a sudden a power play came up and my name wasn't called, ooh, that's a, as I was telling Bob, that's a big red flag. I got a little bit worried because I wasn't playing on that part. You know, where are they going to use me? Because that's my strength. And I think that Barry, I, that is his biggest strength. If you look in the game tonight, the, the goal that was disallowed, Barry backed in. That was his guy that scored. They didn't count it, but that was on him. The tying goal, the 2-2 goal, Barry gets caught and lost in his own zone. He drifts in, goes, follows tourists into the corner. Ellers is left wide open. That would have been Barry's guy out in the slot. So Barry's strengths are offense. His strengths are power play. When he's not playing on those or when it's not going well, A, it affects the rest of your game. And then when you get moved off of that unit, well, now you allow the coaching staff to think, huh, if we're not going to use Barry there, do we have better options five on five? So let the, let the world or the Oiler Nation think, okay, is this when Bouchard gets to play or not? I don't know if that's the case, but it is, it's tough on a player when you, you very bet on himself on a one-year deal coming to Edmonton. He thought that he could be part of this power play and could have a career year, and he still could. He's, I mean, this is, again, just one game. But when Barry moved off the power play and Nurse went on tonight, the power play got better. And the power play scored a huge goal at the end of the game. I'm not sure it ended up being a power play goal, but it was created by the power play. So going into the next game, if you're a coaching staff, who do you want on that PP? Do you want the guy that would just finish the game and was strong on it? Or do you go back to Barry? So it is tough for a player because now you've got that uncertainty for the next 48 hours wondering, A, is that power play unit still mine? Or B, who am I going to find myself as a seventh defenseman now because my biggest role on the team has been taken away from me. Yeah, that one did not count as a power play goal because the Jets took the penalty with 2.03 remaining. So officially the Oilers 0 for 3 on the power play, though they really did still have a man advantage when Dreisaitl took that shot. The Jets go 1 for 2 on the power play. And just to recap that crazy final 6 minutes and 6 seconds, Ehlers ties the game from Stastny and Kopp Nurse takes a penalty for tripping Perot, and one of those, Rob. We, yeah, I mean, we that they do that is a consistent call, uh, mm. but really he he stepped on Nurse's stick. Nurse goes to the box. Wheeler trying to center the puck, banks it in off Chris Russell. So now the Jets get two goals in a minute thirteen to go ahead three two. Then Yamamoto out on the ice with McDavid and Drysital sets up in front. You describe the goal, able to knife it in in front. Then DeMello gets uh, tied up with Pugliarvi in front. High sticks, Pugliarvi, the stick went to the face. Edmonton takes a timeout, sets up the power play, and uh, eventually scores on the buzzer beater. So that's that's how it all shook down. I, I mean, what I mean, we talked before the game, and Cam Moon and I were talking especially about it's, sometimes it's felt that the Oilers have, have missed that just that extra oomph. I know that's not a technical word, but... It is sometimes it's felt even going back to that playoff series with Chicago that when they've allowed a goal, it's really deflating. And, and then sometimes they allow rapid goals in succession, which did happen tonight, but th they came back with two quick ones. C can a win like this 
can, can it change the mood of a team or does it kind of disappear by the time the next game starts? What is the impact of a win like this? Well, it can change the mood of the team and you feel good about yourself. You, you gain confidence. I'm sure the uh, Connor McDavid's feeling a little bit better about his game after a big night offensively. Leon and his line mates had another strong night. Yamamoto fell in the back of the net. Puyarvi's feeling good about himself. Uh, but it's on that feeling only lasts as good until the next bit of adversity hits you. Um, I'm sure Winnipeg, on the other hand, is thinking, you know, we had this game. We were in control with four minutes to go. We have a lead on home ice. This isn't a game we should lose. So do they come out and have a stronger effort in their next effort or in their next game, which you would expect they would have? Um, momentum, I don't really find momentum lasts from game to game in the National Hockey League because the the others could feel all the world is going for them. Everything is good going into the game, and nothing's good for Winnipeg because of this horrible loss for them. And in the first period of the next game, uh, a bad bounce, Winnipeg scores, a dumb penalty, and they get a second goal. Now they're up 2 nothing. Where's where the momentum goes? So momentum just lasts for the night. The nice thing about wins is you get to enjoy your days off. To me, that's the biggest thing. You get to feel good about yourself and enjoy the next 48 hours before you have to play again. Having said that, Turris scoring a goal tonight is huge for him. It really is, confidence-wise. Pugliarvi having a strong game on the first line is huge for him. So that goes forward into the next game. That makes those players start the game a little bit stronger, feeling good about their games. All right, you can get us at 780-496-0063. Number to call or text. This texter says a couple of things. That left-hand shot on the power play from Nurse instantly made it way better. Barry might not be able to play for the team if he can't play on the power play. I would rather see a better five-on-five D-man playing if this is the case. Also, even though Turris scored a nice goal, I get nervous every time he's on the ice. He gives up way too much. Well, I think Turris was minus again in the game tonight. He, uh, he was minus one, yeah. Yeah, and that's not good when you... When you score a goal and you're plus on your goal that you score, that means you're on for two more against. That's not good if you're a third-line guy. We've talked about that a number of times. Uh, I, I think it is a confidence builder that he scored a goal. Hopefully that'll help going forward. But uh, he was part of the problem on the tying goal. Both he and Barry both went to the same guy. And all of a sudden, the most dangerous player on the Winnipeg Jets, Ellers, is standing by himself. That's the one that always makes me laugh. I'm like, okay, if you're going to two guys go to one guy, why not go to the good player, the guy that's <laughs> probably going to score, instead of going to the other guy? So there, it's still a work in progress. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, the, both those things, you know, there's some validity to it. I mean, Turris has not had a great start defensively. And Tyson Berry, he was playing as a third-pairing defenseman but he was going to star as the power play guy. The power play hasn't gone well and he was pulled off of it. Now, is there a better option five on five? That's a perfectly legitimate question right there. Now, having a left-handed, right-handed guy, I, I don't think that makes a difference. I just think that Tyson Berry wasn't doing what he did best and that shoot the puck. I mean, tonight we saw a nurse fire the puck a couple times when he was back there. That creates so many more opportunities. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Dave Tippett does in if Barry is back on the power play or even in the lineup in, in the game on Tuesday. 
Yeah, that's going to be interesting for sure. The Oilers win at 4-3. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That's presented by Japanese Village Restaurants, now offering takeout. Please visit jvedmonton.ca for details. All right, he blasted in the game winner just before time expired. Back to Winnipeg. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Brian Rashog, TSN. Leon, can you just take us through? It looked like you guys had a conversation at the bench there before that last power play. Um, you know, maybe I don't not to tell us what you were saying there, but just you seem to work together as a unit there, and then uh, maybe just take us through that goal late. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't even know if we were drawing up any plays. I don't even think so. I think it was more of a little break, maybe for some guys. But um, yeah, uh, I thought we had a couple of chances at the end there, but um, you know, obviously got a nice, uh, nice fortunate one at the end. You're getting contributions from two younger guys in Yamamoto and Pugliarvi, uh, and tonight up in the top six for Pugliarvi. Just maybe just talk about the dynamic those two add to this group when they're playing as well as they are. Yeah, you, you need that. Um, you know, winning teams, they, they have those guys coming up, pushing for spots, pushing players um, up or down the lineup. Uh, you just need that. And those two are obviously doing a, an amazing job um, of pushing guys and, and, and playing well every night. So, um, you know, we're obviously uh, very fortunate to have them both. Last questions here, Jason Greger. Leon, you can probably relate to this, and I'm not comparing him to you at all. I don't want to put that pressure on him, but, you know, we looked when we saw you the first time, then you went back to junior. You came back the next year and, you know, it was big improvements. Um, yes, he had to take a year away. He comes back and seems big improvements. Um, how much of it is, is just, you know, maturity and strength or understanding the game? C can you talk about maybe what you see and what you experienced? That's, that's everything. That's... Um confidence um that's that's everything you need um you know you you don't get drafted fourth overall uh in in a pretty solid draft if you don't have skill if you can't skate if you can't make plays that's that doesn't happen um usually <laughs> but um he he has all the tools it's some sometimes guys take a little longer sometimes guys are just not ready at at 18 19 20 sometimes it takes them a little longer and that's okay everyone goes their own path and um i think he's really starting to understand how he needs to play to be productive and and to be honest with you he's the sky's the limit i mean he's he's big he's strong he can skate he can shoot he makes plays like i can go on and on so um we're pretty uh pretty happy to have him back and um, you know, he's been, he's been really good for us. All right, that is Leon Dreisaitl, courtesy Mattress Superstore. He gets the game winner tonight with time expiring as the Oilers beat the Jets 4-3. Some stats here for the Oilers tonight. McDavid with three assists. Dreisaitl had a goal and an assist. Darnell Nurse plays 23-41. He is plus three on the evening. Nugent Hopkins and uh, McDavid both played about 23 and a half minutes, a little bit more, so a few more seconds for Nugent Hopkins, actually. Um, where is uh, Tyler Ennis was the forward who was kind of cut out of the rotation tonight. He played just 6.15 on the evening. Dreisaitl goes 8 for 14 in the faceoff circle. Devin Shore went 5 for 8 for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Paul Stastny, 10 for 17 in the dot and uh they had who stands out for them ice time wise uh they had four board played 2205 and the leader was josh morsey at 2344 good defense and he got and he blocked that shot too rob wasn't that him 
They got yeah, hobbled by, the the, by the shot and stuck around. Yeah. And end of the first period, I think it was, and he t he blocked three shots and hobbled off the ice. He's the, by far their best defenseman. And then there's a drop off. That I think that's one of the things that gave the Oilers confidence in this game, even when they fell behind late after leading. They knew that they were going to get scoring chances. They knew that they could create chances against the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets, again, they are good up front, and they're going to get better up front when Dubois gets up here in the trade for Line A. But their Achilles heel, and it is a huge Achilles heel, is their back end. And we've seen this a number of times where the Oilers get stuck in their own zen for own end for extended periods of time because they just can't win a battle or can't get the puck out or they keep making poor passes. Well, that's what the Jets did time and time again, where the Oilers' forecheck uh, just had them mixed, completely mixed up in their own zone. So the Winnipeg Jets uh, are going to be better offensively with this trade, but I think if they want to be a playoff team and compete for a division title, they're going to have to find another defenseman somewhere because what they have right now, I don't think is good enough for them to be a top four or it's gonna they're gonna be pressed to be a top four team because their defense is the Achilles heel and the weakness of their team all right Oilers take it 4-3-7-8-0-4-9-6-0-0-6-3 we have Ryan on the line hey Ryan thanks a lot for calling go ahead hey guys I just uh a uh, long time first time and uh, I wonder if you guys have a, a bib and a fork that I can borrow because I've got some crow to eat <laughs> over what <laughs> uh, I was a I was a Jesse non-believer I, I watched his highlights in Finland over the last couple of years and I never thought he would figure it out and to see him tonight going to the net uh, stopping at the net not skating in big circles some of the checks that he finished tonight I thought I don't hear anybody talking about it in the offset offensive chances and I understand that's the stuff that makes the highlights and I liked it but boy, to see him using that big body, finishing some checks, um, is is so encouraging, and 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 I, I'm I'm so looking forward to seeing him score that first one because the bench is just going to lose their minds. It's going to be fantastic. Well, I'll um, tell you what, Ryan. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just say, uh, you know, maybe I have to eat some crow too. But but I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, one thing I got asked a lot in the off season, on air and and off air, from you know just people in my personal life too what are they said what do you expect from Yesley Pugliarvi and I, I would usually say nothing and then people would say oh so you think he's going to be terrible I said and I said no I just have no expectations because because I haven't seen him in the NHL he wasn't great in the NHL so I'm just I'm I'm just going in with no expectations and let's see how he plays if he plays well then it's almost like the Oilers got a free player if he plays poorly and can't make it in the NHL, well, then they didn't have him on the team anyway, so they so they just got to move forward from there. That's how I kind of was approaching him this season. Those first few games where he came back and he was playing fine on the third line with Turris, and he was, you know, he's a big body, long arms, good stick. He was killing penalties, and I and that's what kind of Hitchcock had talked about previously when when he was coming in the league. He thought that's what he would be good at, and I thought, okay, we got a we got a third line right winger, great. That's that's a bonus. like you said, free player. That's we needed one of those, and we got one. Excellent. And now to see him um, driving the play, not necessarily driving the play, but creating space and being fast. And, and like I say, the, the, the physical aspect of the game, I never thought we would see from him. So that is a huge encouragement. Um, I do have a question before I let you guys get back to it. But um, the, the, the difference on the power play between having a right-handed quarterback and having a left-handed quarterback between Clefbaum and Barry, do you guys uh -huh. think that it takes 
time for the other players on the power play to adjust to where that pass is going and where that pass is coming from. Um, I'll, I'll hang up and listen to you discuss it. Nope, Ross, really st- st- stay, stay on the line because you're going to be our finish the play guy, okay? So stay on the line. Okay. Um, no, I, I, it doesn't take the players long to adjust. Uh, most players have played with both at some point in their, their career, so it, it wouldn't... Personally, I think the right-handed shot for this power play is better because the play usually comes out of the offside where McDavid or Drysaddle are. So that means when they're going back to Barry, there's a one-timer there, and that should be another weapon for this team. And for some reason, Barry wasn't using it. He wasn't shooting the puck. He was getting it, wasn't putting himself into a shooting position when the puck was coming back. He kept getting the puck and then wanting to move it. And he wasn't being assertive. And I can understand that in game one or two because you're moving into a new spot with a new team and a, and a group of guys that have been the best power play in the league. But at some point, you've got to assert yourself and bring what your strengths are. And it's, he's got a good shot and he moves the puck well. Um, but he just wasn't getting it done. So uh, going to Nurse, it was just Nurse has got a confidence. He's got a swagger about his game. And he knew that when I have a chance to put the puck in that, I'm going to do that. And he did that again tonight. So uh, the the righty or lefty thing shouldn't matter. I think it was just a matter of one guy, Nurse, took the, took the assertiveness of his game and, and just said, okay, here's what I do. Here's what I bring. And, and played to his strengths where Barry didn't. And I think the lack of success Barry was having and the power play was having may have affected his five-on-five game. I know it usually does. If a player struggles on a power play, he's still thinking about it when he's playing five-on-five because he's frustrated. And maybe that played into some of the minuses that Barry's had on the back end as well. But as far as the power play, Barry should be a very effective player on the with the four guys that they have out there with him. All right. Ryan, just for playing Finish the Play, you're going to get a Hungry Herd premium sampler box. Hungry Herd top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices. Alberta owned and operated. Roll it, Angie. Here's McDavid in front of the net. Nugent Hopkins a shot and a pad save made by Brassois. All right, chance there for the Nuge. Uh, Ryan, uh, where did uh, where was Nugent Hopkins born? Was it Burnaby, British Columbia, or St. John's, Newfoundland? Burnaby. Absolutely. You're going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's from PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Oilers take it 4-3. Puku kept it in to dry sidle. Left wing side to McDavid. Goes to the left corner. Looks in front of the net to Yamamoto. Scores! Kyler Yamamoto was right on the doorstep. He gets it under the pad of Brassois, and the Oilers have tied the game at three. That was Yamamoto tying it up at three with 3.05 to go, and then Leon Dreisaitl won it in the final second, and Edmonton escapes with a 4-3 win in game one of two against the Jets. The Oilers are now 3-4 and four on the season. The Jets are 4-2. and two. We're going to get to Jesse Pugliarvi in a couple of minutes here, but first, 780-496-0063. We have Robert on the line. Robert, go ahead, buddy. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How you doing? Good. Uh, you know what? I think uh, I think tonight. You know, I liked. Uh, uh, no, I really liked uh, uh, Jesse Puljujarvi's game tonight on the on the top line with McDavid and Nuge. I thought he was. I thought he was assertive. He was aggressive. He was skating hard. He was going to the net. He was 
He was finishing checks. Yeah, he only ended up with an assist. But I mean, you know what? I said I think that was a good move by uh, uh, by Dave Tippett. Then uh, and then I think you know Cassian. Although there was a, I think it was uh, I think it was Rob that said he maybe he looked a little dis uh, like disinterested. I guess on that one icing call in the first period. But I thought, but I, I thought him being moved down to the third line. I thought uh, I thought he played a much more. I thought he played a simpler game. Like he was he was he was. He was finishing checks. He didn't look like he was like uh, squeezing his stick as hard. And uh, as for Koskinen, I think another, another, no solid game. Face, no, uh, face is what 38, 39 shots. I thought he was good. I mean, no, I mean maybe the, maybe the the goal by Ehlers, maybe a, maybe a bit of a weak one. But you know what? I think uh, overall, I think it was a good night. But, uh, but I do have a, I do have a, uh, I do. Uh, uh, I do have a, 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 a one question, I guess. I wonder if uh, with uh, uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Cahoon and Yamamoto, I guess I wonder do uh, even though the even though even though like uh, Cahoon has uh, hasn't really done anything, do you wonder if, uh, does Tippett does Tippett continue? Does he does he keep that line together? I mean, I know I, I know Cahoon's been good, but I mean, you wonder you wonder is there is there maybe at some point that he considers putting Nuge back on that line or or no? All right, thanks, Robert. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think there'll be any line changes before next game. Uh, I think that uh, Leon's line has been very good uh, through seven games on the season. Uh, Cahoon hasn't produced. Uh, as much as I'm sure he would hope to, but he's doing little things right. Uh, the team, the line has been good defensively, so I, I can't see. I mean, Nugent Hopkins isn't moving off of Connor's line. Uh, if he, if they weren't going to move him when the when the line was struggling, they certainly aren't going to move him after a, a game like they had tonight. So I think they're going to keep riding Cahoon with Leon for a while. And the one thing too is they always talk to the star players. And they get a feel of the players. Are they happy with their line mates? Are things going well? They take that into consideration too before any changes are made. But I think after the game tonight, uh, the lineup up front is probably going to be the same lineup as you see next game with the possibility of maybe an Ennis flip-flopping with someone else as he didn't play very much tonight. All right, so the Oilers win 4-3 as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Toronto wins 3-2 in Calgary, so the Leafs are 5-2 on the season. Calgary hasn't played as many games. They're at 2-1-1. The Sabres get by the Capitals 4-3 in a shootout. Chicago pounds Detroit 6-2. Vegas is 5-1, nothing shutout win over Arizona. The Devils blank the Islanders 2-zip. Pittsburgh wins at home 3-2 against the Rangers. Ducks down the Avalanche 3-1. Kings win in St. Louis 6-3. San Jose wins in Minnesota 5-3. Dallas on home ice gets a 3-2 decision over Nashville. Football today, it's going to be Kansas City and Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Chiefs win 38-24 over the Bills. The Bucks won 31-26 over Green Bay. All right, impressive game tonight. Here's Jesse Pugliarvi. Yes, he, in Finland, we watched you score many goals, you know, from far away, wrist shot from the top of the circle and things like that. Tonight, every puck that went in, you were standing in the blue paint. Uh, you were right around the net. Uh, you're playing a different game. Why is it different here than there? Uh, it's NHL. Yeah. 
small eyes and it's not that much room uh like so you have to call the net like me i'm big guy and think, i think right now like if i play with uh, connor and nudes one guy have to be at the net and i think uh, i just try to be strong there and keep, keep, get those loose bucks and uh it's different little bit different game but i think it's mentally and like you get older all the time uh you have to uh change a little bit your game how it's go all the time it's better and better this hockey every year and uh it's just yeah on the one goal it looked like maybe you thought you scored did how did that go did you shoot uh Nugent Hopkins stick it looked like you hit his stick and it puck went in and he got the goal what happened uh yeah I'm not sure I was I what I, I'm not sure yeah I don't I don't know <laughs> just go in that's a good thing thank you next question Jim Matheson post media Jesse how much fun is it to be on the ice for the Oilers in the last minute of a game when you're trying to get a goal because in in past years you would not have been on the ice at that point in the game uh of course it's good nice to be the ice for last minute when we try to do the winning goal and yeah what like i can say uh, I could, uh work hard good things happen yep. uh, and one other thing how difficult is it to play with mcdavid and not watch him in other words he's so good you do you find yourself when you you're playing with him you have to stop watching him and just try to play your game uh, can you repeat please how difficult is it to play with mcdavid when he is skating up the ice and skating around people do you find yourself watching him or do you just have to play your game and, and he will get you the puck yeah i think i try to support him when uh he get the puck and he skate and i try to be open there when and skate even harder than him so get the stick open and uh, that's really good he find try to find me so just play my own own game that's the thing when yeah Thank you. All right, that is Essie Pugliarvi as he helps the Oilers win tonight 4-3 over the Jets. I, I, I like that one answer asked about the Oilers' uh, first goal tonight. <laughs> Wasn't really sure, but it went in. That's all that matters. Well, that's true. That's the game. So what if you can't describe it, Rob? If it went in, that's good enough. That's true. Well, he was he was in the right spot again, and that's what you like about Essie's uh, game tonight. If you look at the the goals that were scored... Uh, and he was on the ice, he was in the blue paint. And that's where you want to hang out. When you've got guys that, like a Nugent Hopkins or a McDavid that are making plays, well, go stand in front of the net because the puck eventually is going to have to come through there. So uh, a- an excellent game for Jesse Pugliarvi. I think he can be pretty proud of the fact that he stepped up and gave a, a quality 60 minutes. And because of that, he's going to get a second opportunity on Tuesday to play with Connor again. So... He, he took he got the opportunity and took advantage of it, and that's all you can ask. All right. The Oilers win it in dramatic fashion, 4-3 in Winnipeg. We'll take a quick timeout. Heartland Ford, overtime open line on 630 Chet. Oilers win it 4-3 in Winnipeg. Leon Dreisaitl scores the game winner in the final second of the third period. One thing that went the Oilers' way tonight 
happened in the first period. They were down one nothing. Andrew Kopp hacked at the puck in front of the net. It deflected off Chris Russell's stick and went up in the air. Koskinen was reaching for it. Kopp waved his stick at it. The puck floated over Koskinen and went into the net. The Oilers challenged for goalie interference, and the challenge was upheld, so the goal was taken off the board. And, Rob, I've brought up the interference on the goalkeeper rule out of the rule book. Now, you and I both thought that Koskinen had probably already missed the puck by the time Mm -hmm. Cobb touched his glove. The rule says a goal should be disallowed if an attacking player, either by his positioning or by contact, impairs the goalkeeper's ability to move freely within his crease or defend his goal. So I think what they've said there is that Koskinen wasn't allowed to freely move his glove because cop did affect the glove, not by a lot, but he did. So I think the, the interpretation of the rule is th- it's not up to the refs to decide whether or not the goalie would have actually made the save. They're just looking for any form of impairment. So I guess they ruled that touch with the stick, a form of impairment. Is, what, what do you think after hearing that? Yeah, I agree. I think it was the right call. I just think, it didn't matter. I think he'd been beaten on the play. He missed the puck with his... He was actually pushing his glove forward and the puck was going back. So, I, yeah, it, it was the right call, but that puck was going in whether or not the stick got touched to the glove or not. He had missed it. But a huge play at that point because, as we said, if the ref allows that goal, that's 2 nothing, and Winnipeg's going on the power play. It was a gutsy call by Tippett, and you, t- you heard Tippett afterwards... Two people said on the bench, yeah, it's probably going to be goaltender interference, but he was calling it anyways because he was unhappy with the way his team was playing. All right, 7804960063. We have uh, another Robert on the line. Robert, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Reed, I'm not going to ask how you guys are doing because I already know the answer to that one. So I got to say, that call, just a couple observations, that call at the end of the game, that had to be the most excited radio call I've heard since the Battle of Alberta, the call that Jack made. They were just coming out of their skin on that one. So, <laughs> Well, off. I'll pass hats that off. along to Cam. He'll appreciate that. Yeah, hats off on that one. The second is, you know, I think you're exaggerating when you say it was in the last second of the game. Wasn't it like in the last six-tenths of a second? Yeah, I think there was .6 when it went in. Yeah, well, that's something, in the last something, second. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it was it was just insane. And I'll close by saying, you know how I always talk about two points. Well, I'm not going to talk about that tonight. Tonight's game was so good. I think it should be worth three points. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> there are some people who think the the rules should be changed so regulation wins are worth three, but uh, we're not going to get it. <laughs> we won't get into that tonight, Rob. I'm sure we'll be able to have that debate some other time. I like the way it is. I don't think they need to change it. I'm I'm fine. I know I read an article the other day. They should the NHL should change the points. It should be three for a win and none for a a loss in overtime. I, I am perfectly fine with what it is right now. The one thing that it, the extra point does that if you lose in a shootout loss, or you lose in overtime, it keeps the teams closer together, which makes for more exciting playoff races and more teams are still around late in the season. I, I think that's better for hockey when your team has still got a chance because they have nine overtime losses. 
So I got no problem at all with the way that the NHL keeps track of their points. All right, let's quickly go back to Winnipeg one more time. He got his first as an oiler tonight. Here's Kyle Turris. Kyle, what's it like when you're on the bench and you're watching the last, you know, 30 seconds, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl are on the ice. Are you thinking uh, they'll get one in? Yeah, I mean, when they're on the ice, you're always thinking they're going to get one in. They're, uh, yeah, they're two of the best. And, um, I mean, they create so much and it's, you know, it's just a matter of time, right? Like, we've had a, a ton of power plays over, you know, the seven games we've played so far, and they've created a ton of ton of chances that haven't necessarily gone in, and it's just a matter of time before they do, and, and with 0.7 seconds left was a good time for one tonight. And what did you think of Jesse's play up with uh, those t- with uh, Connor? I thought he was great. I, uh, he's so big and strong and fast, and he's uh, he's really learning how to use that and you know create space and and but also you know play the game where he's weaving uh, and, and dropping with you know Connor and, and Nuge and he's he's going to be a great player and and uh, it's great to see him playing well and keeping the confidence. Bob Stoffer, 630 Chad. Hey, Kyle, just got off the air, but just, uh, I know you're not a raw, raw guy, but can you speak to uh, maybe the two guys you finished the game with? First of all, you're the safest guy in the rink when you're on the ice with those two guys, but just, just the energy level they help bring, and if that's something that your line can bring when you're playing with those two guys, maybe when the team's going through a little bit of lull. Yeah, no, definitely. The, uh, I mean, like you said, they're two big, strong, powerful, uh, intimidating guys um, who make plays and, and finish. And uh, I mean, you saw the, the pass that Cass made to me for my goal. And and uh, I mean, Neeler's got a heck of a career. Um, so I mean, just I think we had a really good shift in the third, uh, kind of before their, their one goal there, where we, we cycled in the zone for I don't know, it felt like 15 or 20 seconds anyways, and um, we kind of had him hem down there for a bit. And I mean, just kind of um, trying to keep that momentum and, and keep things going. Obviously, they came down the other way and, and scored, but I mean, just throughout the season, uh, kind of working shifts like that where you have offensive zone time and, and you try to hem them in, um, that's a way to turn momentum. That is Kyle Turris. He gets a goal. Leon Dreisaitl wins it at the buzzer. The Oilers take it 4-3 in Winnipeg. Get more on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.